Hi, this is Leading With Your Feminine Self with me, Mel Urquhart, the podcast where I discuss all things that have led me to who I am as a woman to date. With a background in fitness and holistic well-being, I explore how life situations have shaped me along the way. Join me each and every week when I discuss topics and issues that I and other women have encountered along the journey. Each week we'll be discussing topics that have had an impact in the lives of women and how it has helped shape their feminine identity. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode with me, Mel Urquhart, on Leading With Your Feminine Self. Now this week I want to talk about a change of a really important thing that impacted my life and it helped to define who I am as a woman today I suppose and that is the stereotypes and expectations of women's roles. Now that is such a an intense kind of thing for me when I looked at it because it helped me to find out what really mattered to me and what I stood for as a black woman in London in the early, what, 1990s, let's say. So let's go back, travel down memory lane with me. Both of my parents are Guyanese and I am the first generation born in Britain. Now, with that came real traditional Guyanese values and I had a big influence with my Guyanese heritage. My mother has an accent, which she still has today. Her culture and our food, our music, it was really embedded in me, which, you know, I'm in awe of and I love to bits today. And with that, I had a real insight of the female role models and the female dynamics of my grandmother and my great-grandmother. So my mother is one of 12 children to my gran. She was married to my grandfather. And like I said, my mother is one of 12, but she was the oldest of three surviving daughters. So when my mum came to England, she was given the opportunity to have her own freedom in essence before she settled down. My grandmother, on the other hand, didn't have the opportunity to have a career. She would have liked to have been a teacher, but wasn't allowed to. So me and my grandfather getting married, having children was the role that she was encouraged to do and ultimately the the decision that she made. When my mother considered getting married, potentially in her early 20s, my mum was discouraged and when the opportunity to come to the UK to pursue nursing happened, my grandmother encouraged her and my mother ultimately came to the UK. When my mother came to the UK, she began her nursing career. She did that for a number of years. And then when she had children, she then changed careers to be an international telephonist, which she did for many years. Now, that gave my mother such an independence. She is an amazing woman. She's so smart, she's beautiful, she's intelligent. She is all round a fantastic example of womanhood for me. My upbringing included very traditional female roles. So we all knew how to cook. We all knew how to manage money shopping. We knew hand wash and hem clothes to function in a home. We all were taught this. 
maybe my sisters would say we learnt more than my brother. But as women, that was something that we just did and my mother encouraged it and that was how it was. I never had an issue with learning those skill sets because I knew my mother was preparing us for adulthood. It just made sense and that's how my mum was. She not only showed us, she equipped us with certain life skills and I'm still very grateful to that today. Compared to my friends who may have had mothers, fathers who were the first British-born to their parents. So, for example, my mother came straight from Guyana, so she was my direct influence with my culture. Whereas my peers, their influence may have been their grandmothers. It may not have been such a direct connection, let's put it that way. I also realised another difference was that because their parents may have been the first British-born... There may have been a bit of resistance or withdrawing from that because they felt that their parents didn't understand what it was like being born in the UK and having to deal with different circumstances and environments. Things were just different and they maybe felt that the culture from the Caribbeans or Africa didn't best serve them in the UK. So maybe they stepped away from that to adjust to the UK living. A big area that I noticed a lot of change was how liberal women were with their choices, whereby there wasn't that male figure or, for example, the husband or the dad to say what you had to do. Women were exposed to much more opportunities, working, studying, having different career paths before you had children was definitely becoming more the norm. I also noticed a change in relationships. When I was growing up, I didn't really see, no, I didn't really, I did not see aunts that had boyfriends. Aunts, my mum's friends were either married or they were single. There was no talk of a boyfriend. It was either you had a husband or you didn't. For whatever reason, you may have been widowed, you may have chosen to be on your own, but there was no boyfriends. There was nobody moving in or staying over. It just wasn't. Women were not conducting themselves that way. It just wasn't the done thing. But by the time I got a bit older, in my teens, early 20s, relationships were looked at very differently. It wasn't a case of getting married straight away. Not at all. We were now able to change the game. We were now able to remove those labels that had been put on us or the perception. I remember where you wouldn't let a boy touch you or hug you or hold your hand or give you a peck because that meant that he was your boyfriend. And if he was your boyfriend, that that meant he meant your family and they then there would be a relationship, marriage, a whole nother level. Young women were figuring out how they could be free, not be ready to settle down yet and have an opportunity to enjoy an independent journey before you committed. Where before, if you had a boyfriend, you know, we weren't speaking about sexual activities and you know 
being free with your boyfriend and having sex. That wasn't spoken about. You didn't talk about sex. You never had sex. I knew a friend who got pregnant, didn't even realise she was pregnant. She was so young, I think about 15. She was crying. She didn't even realise how it happened. I'm not saying that doesn't happen today, but there's much more open conversations about sex very early on. When your body changes, what does that mean? There, there was that those discussions weren't really happening, so the fear and the naivety kept you away. So we knew people that may have got pregnant, you know, at an early age, and what that meant to their family. You know, there was a lot more. There was shame. There was stigmas. There were labels. There were things that were connected to that. Having been a teenage mom or a teenage dad. And people did not want that. They didn't want it to happen to their family. So the fear of that made them run away. So that made, for me and for my friends, that made us not interested in having any interaction with boys for some time. Because the fear ran the other way. But once we realised we didn't have to be fearful, we could focus on doing it ourselves. There was a need for a boyfriend because we were all good just being independent now with the independence comes the examples the role models this time i'm talking about music videos mtv we're seeing janet jackson we're seeing jade tlc no scrubs come on i'm not going to sing because i've got the flu but you know what that song was we could compare we could say i can do it by myself destiny's child Charlie's Angel, Independent Woman. Look at the songs we were singing. We were more than capable. And boys, men were an add-on. They weren't a requirement where they may have seemed to be at a different point in time. So with that newfound empowerment and liberation, women were, hello, I can do what I want, how I want. We had that power we had that control we were equal we could do what men could do we could do it without them we could choose when we wanted children there was birth control that was all under our control it wasn't going to happen unless we decided we had voices we could express any type of discrimination that we felt because we had rights, we had opinions, and it counted, and it counts, and it matters. And that's where I was. That's where I stayed. I stayed in that comfort of knowing I was more than capable. I could pick and choose how, what, when I wanted to show up by myself, with my friends, with a boyfriend, without a boyfriend, it was on my terms. And I'm not going to lie, it was bliss. Absolute bliss. Now, that bliss was probably enhanced more for me when I found out that I couldn't have children. So I didn't see a need to change. I didn't see a reason to because, as far as I was concerned, I could just keep going like this. Because nothing was going to change that. For a long time, all I thought 
I was going to do was travel, make money, live a good life with my friends. Then that all changed for me. And if I'm honest, when that changed for me was when my father died. And because he died so suddenly, it left me empty. It left my my rock, my safe spot gone, voided. I then had to look at how was I defining myself? How was I moving through this? And with the grief, there came a point of self-discovery. Also self-exploration. Because I didn't know how to show up. I recognised that I believed that something was wrong with me. Not mentally wrong with me, but how I was showing up. I had to look at how I was going to get through this. And I found it really weird because it wasn't that I wasn't enjoying my life. It just seemed to be the same thing. And how long could I have kept doing the same thing for? That might have also been because I knew I couldn't have children. So I didn't see a change. Whereas if you plan for children, you may look at winding down or changing your your lifestyle to a degree before you move on to motherhood. So I can't comment on that. But for me, it was a change of, so who are you now? What does your journey look like? Who is Melissa? And I realised there was a side of giving of me that I wasn't doing. A side of being open and nurturing that I could switch on and off to some degree if I felt that it was too much compromise or too much of adjustment to who I wanted to be. I wasn't interested. I seemed quite fickle. That's it. I thought I was being quite fickle about how I was moving through life. Where a lot of my friends had made those transitions, who had who had settled down or who had children. And I had friends that you could look at them, blink, and they were pregnant. It's like, you. And it was, it was such a different change in their life. I never felt ready for such a huge responsibility and what it looked like. And also comparing to how committed my parenting was and how my mother didn't put anything before her children. She gave us her time. She gave us her love. She gave us her her wisdom. Even to this day, she just gives. And to be so selfless is something, I don't know, can you ever be ready for? But I think there is a willingness to be open to that we can choose to do. So for me, most of my friends, I've mentioned before about women and friendships and dynamics, once they had their partners, they were like, see you later, Mel. And I got really fed up of that. I'm like, what is it with these friends of mine? What is it with being good enough until your better comes along? So good enough until something that you really want is available. That would really get on my nerves. I began to have less female friends and I began to have really good friendships with my brothers, my male friends, and I've had some really amazing male friends to today. To this day, I've got great friends in my brothers and they have been priceless. But one particular mother of 
one of my bros, she said to me, Mel, you just need to give yourself a chance to be open to that relationship side of you, that love inside of you, that nurturing side of you, and see where that takes you. I was like, what? So look around you, everybody is doing it. Give yourself the opportunity as well. Don't just be that person that's there until people want to come back and find you again. I hadn't thought about it like that. I hadn't thought I deserved an opportunity to explore what my next stage of womanhood could be like. Didn't see it. Yeah, at that time I'd met my other half. I met babes and I was like, okay, what is this this giving committed look like and when I say committed compromising working defining what you want in a relationship what it looks like I was like nobody actually speaks about it nobody actually talks openly especially at that time what it's like to formulate relationships how does it work because there was a gap there was a gap between people that had, there was a gap between people that had gone into relationships, got married and had a family within my community and culture and spoke about it and were the elders, were given the advice. There was a gap. There wasn't anybody around. A lot of the people who were older than me hadn't done that journey, had cut away from that relationship dynamic and if they were doing the relationship dynamics it wasn't public conversations that I was aware of now when I began my relationship I had no idea where it was going I didn't even know what to expect didn't know what to expect so we had to figure out what relationships looked like for us we had to look at what worked for us, what didn't work for us. And again, there was no book, there was no reference point, it was just through our experience. What I will say is that I hadn't seen value in being a woman in a relationship. I hadn't seen value in my womanhood. The loving side, being able to create an environment or to even definitely contribute to an environment that felt like home. What did it look like? How was I going to duplicate or bring on board what home looked like for me and respect his perspective of a home and and figuring that out together a whole nother level of, of understanding and being the thermometer being a thermometer in a home was something that blew me away I know that there are times I can build up my home I can pour into it lovingly and speak and lift the roof And there are times when I can tear it down. And I've done that pretty early on in my relationship. And even at times along the journey. Some of the lessons, I have to say, some of the lessons that I've learned is to not expect people to encourage you when they don't know or understand the situation that you're in. People who I thought would encourage me didn't. And people that I didn't expect to encourage me did. And from both aspects of that input, it definitely helped to to shape me in ways that I didn't anticipate. Because I was then able to then create a space 
that allowed me to appreciate who I am, who I was, and even as I've continued this journey, it's given me the absolute conviction of appreciating who I am. And that has taken such, such time, such time that I'm forever grateful for the ups and downs and the examples that I've had. When I look back, when my mother would speak about my great-grandmother, my grandmother, the ways they would show up in their community for their children, for their non-children, there was a huge commitment to showing women how to be women and then allowing them to figure it out, to figure out what suited them. Yes, there were restraints to a degree. There was also still a hand. There was also a support in that. When my mother came over here, she brought that over. She brought over the fundamentals that she had given, had been given to her by her mother, her grandmother, and passed them on to us. Obviously, the dynamics are different. Geographically, it's different. But I have the fundamentals. I have the fundamentals shown to me, visualised to me. My mother and my sisters, they have shown me so much of what womanhood is and how the stereotypes have changed and how they've impacted me, how the labels have changed and how it's impacted me is that it's another encyclopedia of information that we can refer back to, we can look at, but ultimately we have to decide what type of woman we are choosing to be daily. Daily because the demands and the roles that we have change frequently from being a a young woman to being a young woman dating to having a relationship to being a mother to going through grief to being a mother of older children I've changed so much and like I say I will continue to change this is a journey but I will say I wouldn't change a single thing I wouldn't because it's made me who I am today and I really like me at the minute. I'm really proud of who I am and the work that I've had to do, that life required me to do, to be who I can show up today. So with that being said, I want to encourage every woman that's listening to think about how the stereotypes, the narratives of women through your experience, have shaped you? How have they affected your journey? And also, how would they help you to evolve to your next level of womanhood? As always, it's great speaking with you. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Leading With Your Feminine Self. I've been your host, Mel Urquhart. Please stay tuned and subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts from. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook, all under Gardener Self. If you have any questions, please leave them in the comments and I'll look to add them into future episodes. Be sure to follow and leave a review on Apple or Spotify. 
This podcast was a production of Garden of Self and was produced by The Podcast Boutique.